Welcome to the Blacktop Pulpit. I am Andrew, the pastor at the church at Sunsites, and I'm here again with one of our church members, Ken Duffy. And we are finishing out our series on the doctrines of grace today. I mean, unless we just want to dive deeper into the doctrines in later episodes. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds yet. We haven't really talked about it. Uh, but today we're talking about perseverance of the saints. Uh, would you be surprised, bro, if I told you there's another term attached to this one too? Actually, I was thinking that very thing, and I'm I'm actually uh, not thinking of anything. What is it? It's it's one that uh, that's actually probably more known than perseverance of the saints. Security of the believer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Except I do, on this one, I do like Perseverance of the Saints more than I like Security of the Believer, because it sends a a different message, has a different connotation, one of perseverance rather than mere preservation. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, what what is this doctrine? How do we define Perseverance of the Saints? Um, Actually, instead of coming up with my... My own words here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's see. There, there was a good verse I wrote down thinking about this one. <laughs> Where did that, that go? Where was that? Where was that verse? <laughs> um, I'm sure I'll steal this from you. <laughs> Philippians uh, one six. Uh, no, so I, I he, don't. I don't have that one. So you're good. <laughs> fantastic. All right. Well, I'll read this one up. It's super, super short and really clear. He who has begun a good work in you will perfect it mm. to the end. Amen. And that, to me, is like the definition of this doctrine. Mm-hmm. It uh, exposing it a little bit more. It, it just says that he he started it, um, and that's your salvation, and he's going to finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then importantly, we're not mentioned in that verse, which is uh, a really important reminder for a lot of people. <laughs> like this is this is you mean this is God's work and not mine? Huh. Go figure. Mm, yeah, hmm. that's, I mean that's what the whole Bible tells us. I don't know why Christians started thinking any differently. It's well, I do know why, but we don't need to get into you know history of theology here. So <laughs> we oh that's what we could do in some later episodes. Just do some history of theology. <laughs> go over what different people have believed through the through the centuries that'd be fun mm. that that could be very enlightening <laughs> yeah yeah very enlightening very helpful to to really see the cyclical nature of us like having bad thoughts about who god is <laughs> yeah so i have a two volume work at home called the devil's redemption and it's a historical theology of universalism that's what it is um, oh. So just the the uh, the thoughts about universalism through the centuries and what different groups thought about universalistic and unitarian theology um, within within Christendom through the centuries and it really is an enlightening read. Um, yeah, but sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's like together. It's like this thick right here. Like. <laughs> Oh, so it would take me my whole life to read it, is what you're saying. <laughs> it's, it's a good read, though. I mean, if you can get through it, it's a good read. I had a church member yeah. say, ooh, can I borrow that? I'm really interested in that. And uh, three days later, this, this church member brought it back. I was like, I can't do it. 
barely get started. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally resonate with that one. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a slow reader. Uh, and like the language in the book is super academic. I think it was somebody's like dissertation. So. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Don't, don't you love those books? Uh, my dissertation will become a book too. And I imagine no, but less people will buy it than buy my other books probably. So <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. We'll I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it'll be a, uh, a really popular read on, on Amazon, wherever you throw it. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, so, yeah, just as a definition, I basically have uh, that verse in Philippians, um, but I, I didn't put the reference there in Philippians. And so all those who sincerely come to Christ uh, will not lose the gift of salvation. That's the preservation part, the security of the believer. But also all those who are saved will be perfected. Um, and it's all the work of Christ, and that's the perseverance part. It's the God takes it upon himself. All those he calls to himself in whom he begins this good work, he also brings it to completion, uh, this process of sanctification, and that's all God's doing. Um, he, he will do it whether we comply or whether we go kicking and screaming. It's the, <laughs> you know... <laughs> And I've been in, I've oh, been in both people angry at you now. Yeah. I've, I've been, I've been under both of those circumstances. I've been like, okay, God, yeah, I'm excited about this yep. growth. Let's do this. And, and I've also gone kicking and screaming. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah. I wonder if there are any, any stories out there, people, I mean, maybe, maybe young believers, but if you've been walking with the Lord for, for more than a few years, I, I'd venture to say you've you've been through the kicking and screaming part at least a few times. At least a few times, yeah. Uh, yeah. God sends his, yeah. the hounds of heaven after you again. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, for sure. That's like like a good father, you know. Um, if a kid throws a tantrum, he doesn't just okay. You threw a tantrum. I'm gonna let you have your way. No, that doesn't teach right. a kid anything. Right. Uh, your child child throws a tantrum. It's like, okay, we're turning this into a learning opportunity, and you're going to learn kicking uh-huh. and screaming. But I want you to be mature, so we're going to learn this. You know, I want you, I want you to eventually grow into adulthood, and that's and God does the same thing to us, um, and that's love. That's <laughs> you know? yeah, and that's a great example, and and we are referred to quite often as children. Mm-hmm. So that analogy is is a very good one. Yeah. Speaking yeah, of children, there's that there's that little verse where where Paul writes, he's given all this doctrine, and he says, and we all see through a glass darkly or dimly. Uh, <laughs> we're all like toddlers in this life, and we won't we won't fully grow into maturity until we're in the presence of the Father, and and our eyes are made perfect, and we can actually see what's going on. But right now, just know you're seeing through a glass darkly. No matter what your theology is, seeing through a glass darkly. Mm. So that's humbling. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, do you have any other... Uh, that's what Perseverance of the Saints is. Uh, do you have any other Bible verses that uh, sort of get at Perseverance of the Saints in mind? And don't steal any of mine. I know you don't know which Bible verses I have li- listed, but uh, don't steal any of mine. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. I wrote down several verses, but the it's interesting. Like the uh, the, mo- the most of the verses I wrote down um, talk about the people that left the left the church, or, or as we would say, left the faith. 
Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, so, left the so, faith, right? Right. So, so this is this is like the the counter argument, I think, that talks about. Well, we see people leaving the church all the time, mm-hmm. and we do. And I don't think anyone really argues with that point. But the right. the what the important thing is to acknowledge is what they are like in one first John two nineteen where it says those who went out from us were never really of us. So if we're mm-hmm. talking about persevering, if we're talking about people who believe will never depart, um, we had an example and have examples of people who do depart in scripture, which is an authority and and then and it, it is documented those people that left the faith, quote unquote, you know, mm-hmm. never were believers. Right. Um same passage in Matthew fifteen eight says, "This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me." So, if we're thinking again about um, people who supposedly are are within the fold of, of Christ and in the in the kingdom of God, um, he says in that example, "Yeah, you, you know." And bringing this into modern day, yeah, you come to church, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you sing the praises and, and pray during prayer and, and take communion, you know, once every six months. Um, <laughs> Not here. <laughs> your your lips, exactly. <laughs> your lips are near. Uh, your your heart is far. You know, and, and that's that's the case with so many people. And again, very very important to think. Note, I, this isn't an area of boasting. Like, oh, it's you. Like you're you're trying or something. Like, this is yeah. not like me being uber genuine and you um, just you know walk you know pretending uh, yeah. and me being proud of that. Like this is this is again where it's so important to see he who began the work. So I didn't take credit to start with. I don't take credit during my life. Uh, right. In my faith, and then and then that perfecting work he does in me, I will not take credit. I will kneel and praise yeah. and pray, you know, at the end when he completes it. Yeah, yeah. We we can't people who are uh, and what you're talking about is apostasy, right? Um, mm. A rejection of Christian doctrine and a rejection of uh, the faith community, uh, the the church, uh, local church included in that, it's a covenant community, and and a rejection of of, of God. Um, even if somebody professed to be a Christian before this moment of apostasy, this moment of leaving, departing from, departing from the faith, um, we can't think any less of apostates um, concerning worth, right? Uh, we can't think any less of apostates uh, than we do ourselves because because we remain faithful. Um, was it R.C. Sproul who said, <laughs> "If I could lose my salvation, I would." <laughs> so, you know. Um, that's true over and over and over again. (laughs) That's, that's true for all of us. Uh, the only reason we are not all apostate people, it's only because of the Holy spirit and the constant calling of, of God on our lives. And the fact that God, God does bring us to completion. Like it's, if we could lose our salvation, we would too. So, uh, we treat apostates like, like God may one day grant them repentance. We share the gospel with them again. And we love them. We don't, we don't like them better than you because I'm faithful. No, um, <laughs> we are not the faithful ones in this relationship. Um, I, I would love to say, yep, I'm faithful all the time, perfectly. But I can't because um, it's, it's not the truth. Uh, only, only God is that faithful. And when we are completed, we will be faithful to him. But... I think on on this side of heaven, we all see through a glass darkly, and we're not 
or not completed mm-hmm. in that way. Uh, there's only one guy, I think, who probably came close to being fully sanctified on this earth. Uh, and that was John, John the Revelator, John the Elder. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's... He's in his nineties when he died, and <laughs> he, he had a long time to live out the faith. And it's, <laughs> no kidding, uh, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, none of us we're not going to come close to to what John did on this earth, and and I don't think he was fully sanctified on this earth. But uh, but if anybody got close, it was him. That's <laughs> you know. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. De- definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, uh, a good a good thing to think through with uh, this work that God is doing in us as well is the reality that we're supposed to be growing, maturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is doing a work in us, and it is here, present time in our in our earthly lives. Uh, I think the reason that comes to mind is that there's just. Uh, I see this 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 habit of kind of indifference in a lot of people's lives, where it's just like you supposedly get saved and and now you just you just love people, you're gracious, and you want to be a happy person, and you don't really work through doctrine, you don't really read through scripture, and you know you just live this uh, this new life apparently. Uh, in the in the church that mm-hmm. doesn't involve uh, knowledge and growth, and yeah, that is what we're getting at here. Uh, when when God's persevering in us, He is He is strengthening us with His Word. He's sanctifying us with His Word. He's washing us with His Word, and that's so critical when we talk about this persevering work that God is doing, um, because these are these are the, by which the works which which God does in us that enables us to persevere you know the 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 knowledge of of who he is and uh when we when we get tested you know we 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 think of these these eternal truths of god that have been conveyed to us through scripture that that gives us strength Mm -hmm. and confidence um yes it's not it it is not scripture um without the work of god is is scripture in conjunction yeah yeah. Uh, supernaturally to do these things. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, <clears throat> there is a um, a doctrine out there called uh, free grace, right? Um, mm. So there are there are certain churches that include the word free in their in the name of their church or denominations that include the word free in in the name of the denomination. Um, who? say that, you know, once saved, always saved. The security of the believer means this, that if you confess with your mouth, believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, confess with your mouth, he is Lord, that you are saved. And the connotation there of that message is, it doesn't matter what you do now. (laughs) Mm. You pray a prayer. It doesn't matter what you do after that. You're good. Um, when that's, it's not exactly the message scripture gives us a God actually completes a work in us. There is something being done in the Christian way above and beyond salvation. We are growing in knowledge and understanding. We are, our emotions are becoming more godly, more mature. Our feelings are our, 
our willingness to be led by the Holy Spirit becomes, we become more willing to do that. We're be actually becoming, being made less and less wretched as we live with Christ. If I can't look back on my life a year ago and think to myself, okay, uh, here, wow, uh, man, I have grown a lot since last year. I am way more mature in the faith than I was last year or 10 years ago. If I can't look back on my life and, and see the maturing process, I'm probably not in Christ. Um, if I'm not becoming more faithful by God's doing, right, more faithful to the community of believers, um, if I'm not becoming more faithful to, to do what Christ calls me to do and more faithful to to really gleaning from his word without adulterating it, um, then I'm, I'm probably not actually in Christ. Because when that work is started in us, God does complete it. Absolutely. And you just uh, you just talked about a sec- another verse there. about You're examining yourself. Examine yourselves yeah. to see whether you are in the faith. Yeah. Test yourselves. Um, or do you not realize this? This is, this is that, oh man, moment. Or do you not realize <laughs> this about yourselves? Uh, that Christ Jesus is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. <laughs> yeah, like, this is a legitimate testing, like that that mm-hmm. we're 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 supposed to be doing to to not allow ourselves to be tricked to think like you're saying. Well, I was told, you know, if I mm-hmm. prayed, and and I have personal experience with people that I've talked to, um, multiple people that say, "Well, I'm a, I'm a Christian because you know I was told to pray a prayer in church, and and I did so." I'm I'm saved now, and, and you could tell these people like have no idea what they're talking about. Um, th- th- this is the important part to examine yourself. This isn't like like questioning your salvation. Um, this is this is <laughs> what are you doing? People can't see you. They're going to think I'm tripping out now. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a, this is not a a um, a, a uh, being uncertain of your your faith or, or questioning your salvation, this is a, an examination mm-hmm. of your life to to just test it in a way that says, you know, am I am I tricking myself? Uh, am I am I saying I'm a believer and I'm not? Do I really know what it means to be saved? Mm-hmm. Um, who's doing the work in that salvation? These are the the tests that we're exhorted to do, and the, the crazy part here is like we can fail. Um, that, that that should be an eye opener. Like mm-hmm. this, 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 these types of verses can be moments of, of not condemnation again, but repentance. Like, like uh, again, with knowing, having hear, heard testimonies before, people living in a works based, um, uh, works based faith, and then coming to a point of realization through examination that they are heretics, that they're they're taking credit in their salvation, that they're um, boasting in their own works, and this is this is a failing of the test. But thankfully, and and the example I'm thinking of brought about repentance and salvation, a true salvation. So the, these are important exhortations for us to look at. Yeah. Um, going back to, are you watching me change like my lighting and stuff? Is that what you're? I don't know about? what's going on, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're just trying to distract me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, going back to First uh, John uh, chapter two verses uh, nineteen uh, through twenty-five. I don't know how far you read, um, but it's just that verse again. Uh, they went out from us, um, talking about apostasy, and they went out from us. Why uh, they weren't really of us, 
If they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out so that it would be shown that they are not of us. This is the promise which he himself, this is verse 25 in First uh, John 2. This is the promise which he himself made to us, eternal life. So those who are going out, they are not of us concerning eternal mm-hmm. life. Uh, these are apostate people. Um, we, we need to be careful of our language, too, when we talk about people leaving, because they're not leaving Christ. Uh, they never had Christ. <laughs> um, right. They are leaving the covenant community of faith, right? Um, and the only reason somebody leaves the covenant community of faith is if they don't have Christ. They're not actually in Christ. Um, if you are in Christ, you don't leave the covenant community of faith. Uh, that's that's like one of the tests John gives us. Um, and people think, oh, I can love Jesus and not go to church. Do you realize what the Bible says about you if that is your theology? It says you're not even in mm-hmm. Christ. It says you don't have eternal life. So if our listeners are listening to this and that's been their thought, I can love Christ and not be with the church and in church and devoted to a body of believers. Um, you you cannot love Christ and not be a part of the body of believers. Those who are not part of the covenant community show that they don't actually have Christ. They have some other kind of religion. Um, their uh, their religion is about themselves. They are lone wolves, and they call it Christianity, even though it looks nothing like Christianity. Uh, you do not have Christ if you aren't part of the covenant community. Um, it's it's kind of important uh, there. That's that's one of the evidences that we actually have Christ. Yeah, in in the uh, the body, uh, this is another uh, testing. Um, more of an observation that I've seen. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been a, a believer for my goodness, some, some odd 20 years now. And something that I've seen time and time again is, and we're talking about being in the body. And one of the reasons people don't like being in the body, which is, uh, uh, what would be the proper way to talk? Is it's essentially just uh, correcting people. You know, the, the, a lot of people don't like being corrected. And the thing I've seen time and time again, and this is this is a spirit of humility of people who have been saved. Mm-hmm. And this is regardless of whether the correcting person um, is right or wrong. Right. Um, but the recipient, the person in the faith who knows the Lord um, is humble and, and doesn't respond uh, by lashing out or being angry or over emotional. Um, there's just this really obvious humility in believers because mm-hmm. they've already been broken by God. Yeah. You know, they've, they've already been saved and they have already come to a knowledge of their wretchedness. And it seems to be an ongoing thing that uh, observation of mine that, that people who are in the faith uh, are, are really humble when corrected. Mm-hmm. Another thought I had. Yeah, for sure. Let me read a couple other, uh, verses for us from scripture uh, just so we just so we know that this is a biblical doctrine like you can't escape it when looking at the scriptures uh, in the mm-hmm. old testament uh, we, we even see perseverance of the saints in the old testament what uh, <laughs> isaiah, isaiah chapter 54 verse 10 um, of course god here is speaking to and through the prophet isaiah about the nation of israel and the covenant that god had with the nation of israel 
uh, is the type of the covenant that we have in Christ. Um, we, we talk about it in terms of Old Covenant and New Covenant, but really the Old Covenant is fulfilled in the New Covenant. It's not done away with, it's fulfilled in the New Covenant. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 10 says, For the mountains may be removed, and the hills may shake, but my loving kindness, this is the Lord speaking through Isaiah, but my loving kindness will not be removed from you, and my covenant of peace will not be shaken, says the Lord who has compassion on you. So perseverance of the saints, it's not a doctrine about our ability to progress in the faith. Um, it is it is a doctrine purely about God's loving kindness, God's covenant promise, and God's faithfulness to the people he chooses for himself. It's all about God and who God is. Uh, to reject this doctrine is to say God is not faithful, God is not lovingly kind, um, and God God does not keep his promises um, if we reject this sort of doctrine. John chapter 6, verses 35 through 40. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And those, and the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. There's the perseverance of the saints part. For, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that all he has given me, I will lose nothing, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life. And I myself will raise him up on the last day. Uh, pure and simple. Uh, that's unconditional election, that's limited atonement, and that's perseverance of the saints, all represented in one passage. Uh, John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30. Uh, I think we read this last week. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish. There it is, perseverance of the saints. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. Um, it's all about the authority Jesus has to select and save a people for himself. Verse 29 in John 10, My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. When we think about the authority of God, the sovereignty of God, uh, to say that we can remove ourselves from the Lord's salvation, from the Lord's kingdom, uh, in any way, whether by choice or by sin by disobedience uh we we imply that we have more power than god that we are higher sovereigns than god is uh that is a dangerous place to be ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 and 14 in him you also after listening to the message of truth the gospel of your salvation having also believed you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. At the moment we are regenerated, we have the Holy Spirit in us. Who is, verse 14 in Ephesians 1, who is given a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory? The, the Holy Spirit is, that's the pledge. He's the pledge. He's the seal. Uh, if we have the Holy Spirit, we we have the inheritance and cannot be taken away from us and we cannot depart from it because the Holy Spirit is the seal. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. It's God's work. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved, complete, without blame, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. In all these verses, it's like, God's the one doing the work. He's the one completing us. He is the one doing that. One more verse is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-5. through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again, uh, okay, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain, we are born again, by his mercy, by his will, he caused us to be born again in order to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Why? Because God has caused us to be born again. Verse five. Almost like the Bible has a few things to say about this Just doctrine. only a few. <laughs> and you would not believe how many verses there are. I'm not going to read them all, but there are a lot about the perseverance of the saints. Verse 5 here in 1 Peter chapter 1. Who are protected by the power of God, not by your works, not by your religion, not by your thoughts, not by your beliefs. Protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time uh, that's what scripture has to say about perseverance of the saints and the whole bible tells the same story uh, you look up any other verse on this topic and it, you're gonna get the same message the whole bible is consistent about this yeah and i think we've hit several doctrines in these past few weeks that are controversial i think this is one of the the lesser controversial it seems like um a lot of people believe in the church of uh, that they believe in eternal security mm-hmm. um but the the people who would not um this is like this isn't uh, there are there are many doctrines that people make that are bad doctrines uh, mm-hmm. they make up and they explain away uh the argumentations against them and what what we've done over the the little time that we've been talking about this is um, not not coming up with an excuse to the arguments, but like like Scripture talks about mm. the, the 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 defense of the opposition to this doctrine. So so this is this is one of those uh, those doctrines where people say, yeah, you're you're claiming that uh, so you're, you're eternally secure in your faith. Um, and then you're, you're trying to explain it away by saying, oh, no, people who, who, who leave the faith, they, they weren't truly Christians. And, and I've, I've had that argument yeah. against me in conversation. And it's like, oh, well, that's convenient. That's just one of your ways to explain it away. No, John said that. I didn't say that. Well, and they didn't, they didn't leave the faith. They left a worldview, and they're replacing the word worldview with the word faith. They didn't leave the faith. Right. Um, if you if you have the faith in you, it doesn't depart. <laughs> it's, the, the faith right. is there. It's the gift of God. Um, no, they left a worldview. They changed their way of thinking. They were converted to something else. Um, it They didn't leave the faith. They left a worldview. And so people mix up their terms all the time, too. And then you have unintelligent people and uninformed people talking about this. And it's like, what you're saying doesn't even make sense. You can't leave a faith. Um, Faith is not something you 
Faith is not something you enter and faith is not something you leave. Faith is something that's given to you. So they don't understand what faith is. Um, But they replace the word worldview with faith or they replace the word religion with faith. And people leave religions and worldviews all the time. Um, I am in Christ and I left the... Uh, I left an, an almost Arminian worldview, which is a form of Christianity. I left that, but I would never say that I left the faith when I did that. Um, I almost <clears throat> left the church. I almost did that once, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said that I almost left the faith because that just doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, talking about this makes me think of. Uh, I mean, I wish I could remember which. I, I'm pretty sure it's a podcast uh, that I was listening to. That, that has this idea of perseverance in mind as a topic, but the the question was along the lines of like, why why isn't there an, a, a call to follow Jesus in the New Testament? Like we see Jesus talking a lot about this, <laughs> follow me, follow me, and then all of a sudden, like all these apostles that are now in Christ, it's like it's like there's no there's no more mention of follow me. It's like the the idea here is like. Um, and, and instead of like this earthly um, following Jesus, which again, this, 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 what it was getting at was not that there's anything wrong with the terminology, but that right. something changed. And what changed was the spirit of God, mm-hmm. you know, coming and abiding within us, yeah. you know, which was a, a, a crazy new reality that, that uh, we get to rejoice in today that, that this persevering work of the spirit is in us mm-hmm. and that we're not necessarily again it, 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 there's a little bit of semantics here but there's importance because <laughs> words are words matter like you're talking about you, you, uh, you 100 years from now they'll be redefined words. so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you, sw- you switch a couple words around and you could really come up with some some different things to say but but yeah that yeah. we we are in christ today and and we we don't necessarily follow him, but we we abide in him. And oh, I, I follow. It's him. a cool thing to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let's do it. <laughs> well, and yeah, uh, no, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with the saying. That's that's an important thing to to recognize here. But there's there's a differentiation there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he's not walking around. I'm not like following in his literal footsteps on this earth and like going into Galilee yeah. with him and like that. No. Uh, but you know, Paul did write, follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. Okay. So in this, yeah, in the faith, um, in the footsteps of faith, not in the footsteps of in the sand or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that was a stretch. All right. Moving on. <laughs> uh, all right. So what I want to do, we have uh, we have some time, some time left. Um, I want to just briefly describe the uh, Arminian position on this. Um, I want to want to point out that people are either they're either Calvinistic or Arminian. Um, th- there's one of those. If you claim to be a Christian, you are one of those. You are within one of those camps, uh, even if you don't classify yourself or even if you don't like categories. Um, you're still going to be in one of those camps, classified as as one of those things. Your theology is either going to be Calvinistic or it's going to be. Uh, Arminian. Um, there's a dichotomy there, a blatant dichotomy. When we get to this promise, perseverance of the saints, it's it's a promise. It's it's the promise of eternal life, um, a promise that is secure in Christ because we believe Christ's work is finished. 
Um, you cannot arrive logically at perseverance of the saints unless you accept the first four doctrines, which is uh, total depravity and unconditional election a limited atonement and irresistible grace. Without those, you don't get to perseverance of the saints. If election is not unconditional, our, our salvation cannot be secure. Uh, if Christ's work of atonement is not perfectly successful and perfectly accomplished, you can't have security and salvation because that salvation all of a sudden depends on you. And this is the difference um, in the promises that are offered within uh, Calvinistic doctrine and Arminian doctrine. So in Arminian doctrine, there's no, there's no security in the promise of eternal life. Um, people bring up John 3.16, for instance, all the time in order to argue against Calvinists. Um, but if your doctrine is not Calvinistic, you necessarily have to believe that who, whosoever believes in Jesus is not necessarily given everlasting life. Like that's what, that's, what the, that's what the opposing side leads to. That's the natural conclusion of the opposing side's argument. So John 3.16 can only really be embraced from a Calvinistic perspective. That promise can only be embraced from a Calvinistic perspective and not an Arminian perspective. Uh, and just to prove this, um, I, I just want to walk through the five points of Arminianism, which were developed before the five points of Calvinism. And the five points of Calvinism were developed in response to the five points of Arminianism and uh, affirmed at the Synod of Dort, which rejected the heresy we now call Arminianism. Right. So the five points of Arminianism. Uh, the first point is free will. Um, this is the doctrine of free will, uh, the doctrine does not refer to our ability to follow through with uh, the desires of our natural heart. No, we all follow through with the desires of our natural heart. That's the problem, right? Um, free will is a doctrine that posits that by our, by our own um, natural wills, we can choose to seek God out and enter into salvation, and God has no control over that. We must seek him out. Um, problem with this, um, Jesus teaches that we must be born again in order to even see the kingdom of heaven. And that's John chapter 3. And Jesus also said that in his incarnation, he was coming to seek and save the lost. Uh, that's how it worked. The lost didn't seek and save him, or the lost didn't seek him and save themselves. He came to seek and save the lost. So free will is exactly opposite of what the Bible gives us. And by free will, again, I mean the Arminian doctrine of free will, not, not every single little definition of free will that somebody might have. Um, conditional election is the second Arminian point. Um, that God looked through this predestination. God looked through the corridors of time. He saw who would choose him and he chose people or elected people based on their choosing of him. And, uh, election is conditional upon obedience, uh, and our place in the kingdom is conditional upon our choosing Christ, making him our Lord. So lordship salvation is another heresy, right? So lordship salvation posits that you make Christ your Lord. And if you if you don't obey him, then you are rejected, right? In one sense or another. The problem with conditional election is, well, no one can be perfect. No one is fully sanctified. Um, and if election is conditional, there's no need for Christ to die on a cross. There's no need for a Messiah because my works are sufficient to get me there, right? So 
conditional election is exactly opposed to the the Bible's message and and the work of the cross. So there's no need for the cross if election is conditional. Unlimited atonement is another Arminian doctrine. Um, if people don't choose Christ, they have to they have to pay for their own sins. But Scripture says that that Christ is perfect. Uh, he is God. Um, he if unlimited atonement is correct, Christ died for everybody. Uh, Christ died to atone for the sins of every person. Yet, if somebody doesn't choose to come to Christ, uh, is uh, apostate or just straight up an atheist or unbeliever, um, then they have to pay for their sins, even though their sins have already been paid for on the cross. So that's the problem with with unlimited atonement. Um, it means Christ's, Christ's work failed. He died to atone for the sins of every person, yet some people are still paying for their own sins in hell. Uh, it means Christ's work was not perfect. It means he failed. Um, and that is inconsistent with the Bible's message because Christ is God. He doesn't fail at the cross. He uttered the words, it is finished, meaning all those for whom he atoned are atoned for at that moment, right? Uh, resistible grace, the next Arminian doctrine, uh, means I can reject God's particular calling, Um it, this means that the work of the Holy Spirit is not effective. Uh, we are the ones with the power rather than the Spirit of God. Uh, if grace is resistible, if the Holy Spirit is resistible, then there's no no need for us to have the Holy Spirit, and there's no need for us to have grace at all. Um, if, if, if we don't need God, what is the point of faith? Uh, we choose our destinations. Uh, we choose to be spiritually actualized. Uh, we come into the kingdom and we depart at will. All of the sudden, Arminian doctrine eliminates any need for for God whatsoever. It, it makes people into little gods. And then finally, um, all of these doctrines work together. Um, and we have insecurity of the believer, loss of salvation, the departing from grace. Uh, who's... Um, here we have a problem. Sanctification is my work. Um, this is what plays into insecurity of believer. Sanctification is my work. I must make Christ Lord of my life. I can fall away from Christ if I don't live a good enough life. Uh, within this doctrine, people are constantly questioning salvation. This is why so many people in uh, modern evangelicalism have these moments of, Oh, crap, like it's just a sudden thought. Oh, crap, I don't know if I'm saved or not. I'm questioning my salvation. This is why, because this is the doctrine we've been handed, right? Constantly questioning salvation. Um, here, uh, insecurity of believer just contradicts basic verses like John 3.16. Whosoever believes in Christ, if, if there's no security in salvation, whosoever believes in Christ will not necessarily have eternal life. Uh, Ar Arminianism invalidates Every promise in scripture that is based on God's faithfulness and presents God as unfaithful, lacking loving kindness, um, and and not true to his own promises that he makes throughout scripture. And that's why Arminianism in, what was it, 1610 at the Synod of Dort, that's why Arminianism, this Arminian system of doctrine, was condemned as heresy uh, because because it is, it's straight, it's just straight up mm -hmm. heresy. Um, it, 
It does not represent God. Um, and it, and it, it gives us no guarantee that anybody will actually be saved. It, it invalidates the work of the cross. Um, it, it makes, it empties the cross of any meaning whatsoever. There's no need for a Messiah to come and die for anyone because, because we are the ones who conditionally meet requirements for salvation. It's, it's not Christ who finishes the work. It's, it's us and we begin the work and we complete the work and God is completely left out of the equation except to say, oh yeah, we, we have to have some kind of, some kind of, of God. That way we can still classify ourselves as a Christian. And I have the air quotes for our listeners as Christian. <laughs> um, but that's, no, it leaves God out entirely. Uh, no wonder so many people leave that kind of worldview. Uh, there's no power in that. No wonder so many people leave that kind of church and become atheists. Uh, there's no power in that. It depends on us anyway. Um, and that's uh, people who are leaving the church. That's the kind of church they're leaving. Um, we are, And we either believe that or we are Calvinistic in our thinking. Now, now tell me which you would rather be after knowing what the other side is. <laughs> you know? No kidding. Like, <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Um, in our context and of our culture today, that really muddies the water uh, between these two viewpoints. What do we do with um, the countless people? And I'm not going to identify them as Christians or not, but um, the, the countless people who so evidently blur and blend and and cross the lines back and forth between these two opposing um, explanations of the, of the gospel um, how do we handle that and like is this cause for division um, do we do we do we apply grace and work through these things with people who are um, in in such clear error? Like like this is a this is a huge issue, and I and I I have even my area of Douglas in mind. Um, when this is this is um, most people wouldn't be able to even tell you what Arminianism and Calvinism is, mm. and they 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 practically mix the two depending on what doctrine you're talking about. Um. People people do this in every arena of life, right? So you have, uh, and I won't mention which political party this is. People probably already know. Um, <laughs> you have um, people are, are celebrating the fact that Kamala Harris, and this is just an example. People do it in more than just theology. Kamala Harris, the first woman in the White House, like in, in an office in the White House, the first woman in the White House and the same people who are celebrating that are celebrating um, an end to or or trying to push an end to any uh, gender or sex distinctions at all. And it's like, okay, you 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 have to you have to choose. That's not coherent. You have to choose one. You can't just you can't just support everything. Um, somebody who stands on who stands for everything stands for nothing. Like that's that's what it is. If you stand for everything, you stand for nothing. I think I heard that in a in a popular movie called Secondhand Lions. Like that's that's what great advice that is, right? Um, but it's it's like this: you can't you can't both promote women's equality and 
also want to end gender distinctions altogether. That, that's incoherent, self-contradiction. Um, the same as uh, wanting to um, promote women and culture and society. And this is this is where this is where hyperfeminism gets us. So people who are trying to promote women in society and in culture, which is great. I, I support women. I support promoting women and, and, and culture mm-hmm. and society and recognizing recognizing women as women and giving women equal opportunity as as men, equal pay as men. Man, I support all that. But then at the same time, the people who are who are pushing this and over pushing this are also now uh, eliminating um, distinctions when it comes to women's athletics such that a transgender male can enter into a women's athletic team right because he self-identifies as a woman you know what the end result of that is supremacy and again the then then all of a sudden the man who self-identifies as a woman but he has a stronger physique than a woman does all of a sudden, he is suppressing women. That's the end result. Um, that's that's where that's where human politics get us, <laughs> and it's it's incoherent. Yeah. It's self contradictory. Um, and when you try to mix theologies and stand for everything, the same thing happens. You just have an incoherent worldview. Um, if you stand for everything, you stand for nothing. You cannot support the fact that God is sovereign and also support the Arminian doctrine of free will. They they don't go together. Um, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Um, you, you won't have a close relationship with Jesus if you're not really pursuing the knowledge of who he is. That's how I would respond to something like that. Um, now, there are people who misdefine the doctrines. That's something totally different. So, Yeah. I know you have a very clear and concise answer to that question. <laughs> I think I took 20 minutes, bro. Well, and we got some of the application in there, too, the bringing it down to the pulpit um, concerning, like, politics today and stuff. So it was good. It was good. I'm, I'm glad you gave For me the opportunity. Sure. I, I don't usually have the opportunity to just talk about politics and i had the opportunity today now to do it in such a, a general way <laughs> <laughs> maybe a continuance of this can be the, the doctrines of grace applied to today's politics <laughs> uh yeah um well that's that's one of the purposes for this show too i'm hoping moving forward um this will be the the place that we reserve to to really apply like what we talk about in church and the theology and what the Bible says to really take time and parse that out concerning politics, human governments, uh, home life, families, the workplace, uh, all that. So, uh, yeah, if we choose to continue doing doing the show, uh, that's that's my hope. And we'll talk about that after we close this episode. <laughs> so. Cool. No, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just continuing the application here. Uh, if, you know, perseverance of the saints, then... The most basic application, probably the best application, we never have to question our salvation. Wow. That's mm-hmm. cool. Do the test, yeah. Consider whether you are in the faith. Sure. Repent where you need to repent, yes. But you never have to question salvation. It's secure. It's secure in Christ. Uh, that brings us freedom 
liberty, uh, liberty from works-based righteousness. It causes us to be more joyful in the faith, uh, to act more <laughs> sincerely, relate more sincerely to others instead of being like, are you sure you're a Christian because you just had a cigar? No. <laughs> we don't have to be that way anymore. And this leads to a, a completely different kind of church community. This is why the Reformed Church is so different from popular evangelicalism today. Um, it's a more sincere kind of community a more loving and gracious kind of community. Uh, There's a different outlook on all of life in every relationship. And Jesus applied this doctrine. Hmm. He didn't only teach it, he applied it. Here's how Jesus applied it. This is Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is in response to the workspace righteousness of the Pharisees, by the way. Hmm. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This means discipleship. This means being a part of a local church. For I am gentle and humble in heart, which is, that's the attitude we all take on. And you will find rest for your souls. Not more, rich, not more legalistic and ritualistic burdens. No, you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, that's... That's what church is, according to Jesus. <laughs> um, and go figure, so encouraging and and refreshing, you know, like just like the rest of the doctrine. This is why we like herald the doctrines of grace, mm-hmm. like like so much comfort and joy in, in these truths that, yeah. that we hear. Mm. Yeah. And John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you that you may have life and have it abundantly. Like that's how that's how that's how all the doctrines of grace work out. An abundance of life, freedom, liberty, rest for our souls. And if we are if we are at rest, if our souls are at rest, man, we're just going to have a great life no matter what our circumstances are on this earth and an even better life in the life to come. And so we can sing I don't remember which band this was. I think I heard this at like a summer camp sometimes. <laughs> uh, life, life is good. Eternal life is better. Those are the lyrics. And oh. amen. Amen to that. <laughs> amen. So, yeah. That's, that's all I got. You got anything else? <laughs> um, well, I was I was hesitating on, on bringing this up. I, I feel like I am like the, the, the counter argument to all these things, but I, I guess the, <laughs> it, it, it brings up one last thing that I was thinking about um, is, is this fatalistic view. This, this is applied to a lot of doctrines mm-hmm. when it comes to Calvinism. The, yeah, the, the ar- argument is, well, then this will cause this problem in your life. And, and the, the, the idea with a fatalistic view when it comes to uh, perseverance of the saints would be, that it, it kind of causes an indifference to our salvation. And like, uh, I, I actually, I think I did bring this up a little bit, but the mm-hmm. idea of just uh, saying, no, I, you know, God's got me, I'm good. And, and it causes this kickback mentality. Um, I am going to just say, I said, I what'd you say? I, I, I was going to say, if, if you believe that, uh, know that I fully uphold perseverance of the saints and look at the ministry God is doing uh, through through the work that I get to do. Um, 
through the through the blog. And if you think that I am right. that I am not pursuing with all my heart the kingdom of heaven, uh, <laughs> just go look at the evidence. Uh, that's that's all I have to say. Right. Just just observe my life. Look at the way I live. Observe the evidence, and and you'll see how you'll see how uh, uh, what do you say complacent? Uh, some word similar to that. Yep. You'll see how complacent I am. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and, and these these arguments really can be defeated. You, really you think they're just you think arguments? You, you think Jim Elliot was complacent? He was a Calvinist, bro. <laughs> And no, go look at the story of Jim Elliot. Uh, you think Elizabeth Elliot was mm. complacent, and Charles Spurgeon was complacent. Uh, you you think you think you think uh, Spurgeon's wife? What, what's her name? Eli- no, it wasn't Elizabeth, was it? I don't know. Mrs. Spurgeon. That's a, you, you think you think she was uh, you think she was complacent even after Spurgeon died? She was like. Publishing Susanna. and uh, Susanna, that's it. Uh, read her, read her biography, Susanna. That's what it's called. Man, no, you think you think Calvinism leads to complacency? Just, just look at those who identify as Calvinists and see how complacent they are. Just look at the evidence. That's no, the, right. whole, the Holy Spirit does a real work, and He does bring it to completion. Perseverance of the saints necessitates non-complacency. That's, <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. Amen to that, man. Yeah, people who make that accusation, I'm just like, do you even pay attention? <laughs> right. Now there is a there is a heretical form of Calvinism out there. Uh, sometimes you might hear it called like hyper Calvinism, um, something like that. That is, it's just using the Calvinistic doctrines as an excuse to be lazy, and that's not cool. Um, mm-hmm. They're not real Calvinists. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Mm. But no, I, I think I think we covered a good gamut of this uh, this t- topic. Would that be the right word for that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. That's good. Uh, we have probably covered ten years worth of teaching. Um, one of our church members, <laughs> one of our one of our church members, uh, is asking for CDs because she doesn't use the internet or whatever. So I'm making her CDs of these conversations. And uh, she, she said, I have to listen to each CD like four or five times to glean as much as I want to glean from it. So, I'm, yeah, this, is, this has been good, bro. Uh, Very cool. Yeah. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us uh, this episode of the Blacktop Pulpit by the Church at Sunsites. Please remember to go check out thechurchatsunsites.com. If you live in our community, we hope to see you on Sunday. Uh, check out the resources available on the website. Uh, investigate us. Shoot us a message. Uh, share, share your favorite jokes with us. Whatever. Uh, check out the sermons there. And, uh, and consider making a donation so we can consider the work, uh, continue the work that we are doing in our community. Thank you again for joining us. And we will catch you next time. Time.